The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said, Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of the strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The Gospel of the Lord. Today is known as Good Shepherd Sunday, or also Vocation Sunday. This metaphor that Jesus uses is very powerful, the shepherd and the sheep. And we're given insights into what this actually means in terms of God's care for us in that Psalm 23. So I just want to go through the Psalm very quickly. There are some rich insights right there. So how is God really a shepherd to us? David wrote this psalm, and he himself was a shepherd in his younger days. Then he would become king of Israel and act as that shepherd to all his people. But he understood the relationship with the sheep, having worked firsthand there. So he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Green pastures. In other words, you know, sheep can survive on just about anything. They're type of animals that can survive eating weeds or dried out brush in the desert. They'll survive. But that's not what God wants for us. He doesn't want us to get the scraps. He wants us to have the richest fare. And that's why this particular psalm, the Good Shepherd, makes us lie down in green pastures. Now, when Jesus was multiplying the loaves and the fish, that great miracle, he told the disciples, make the people sit down in green grass. That's a very particular reference back to Psalm 23. Jesus is the good shepherd. When he multiplies the loaves and the fish, he is providing that rich fare because that's a prefigurement of the Eucharist. The Eucharist is multiplied through all the churches in the world, and it's that green pasture that we are partaking in tonight. He leads me beside still waters. Now that's a reference to the sheep that are skittish. Sheep don't like rapids or fast-moving waters. They'll run away. And so we have this reference to the shepherd leading them to still waters so that the sheep can lie down in peace. Again, very important in our lives. We can go through some great storms, whatever the situation may be, health, employment, relationships, and yet we have a good shepherd 
who wants to lead us beside those quiet waters. In the depth of our soul, the Good Shepherd is saying, Peace, come with me, I will lead you to that place where you can find rest for your souls. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Whose name? God's name. And God's name in the Old Testament is I am. So when Jesus in today's Gospel in John chapter 10 is saying that he's the Good Shepherd, he says, I am the Good Shepherd. I am the gate for the sheep. Jesus is God. He is the Good Shepherd. And it's for his name's sake that he wants to lead us on right paths. He doesn't want anyone to be lost, but everyone to be saved and come into his rich fare. Even though I walk through the valley of the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Again, we go through some times of great suffering, and we will. We'll go through that valley of the shadow of death in our final days, and that can be very traumatic. But for the fact that we know the shepherd is leading us through those dark days when we meet the door of death, or a loved one does, and we know that the shepherd is leading to green pastures, that's heaven, and will take us by the hand and lead us through that dark valley. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now those are particular references. The rod is this blunt instrument that the shepherd uses to fend off predators. And that's what we need. You know, sheep are very defenseless. They're not very smart. And they don't have sharp teeth or claws. They're very slow. Uh, they're just sitting ducks. Except they have a shepherd. And if it's a good shepherd who's holding that club, they do not fear. If they wander off by themselves, yeah, they're in big trouble. That's the rod. The staff is that long stick that the shepherd gently prods the sheep to stay on the straight and narrow. And he leads them into that rich green pastures by way of that staff. And then David is writing, You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. That's a prefiguring of the Eucharist. What did Jesus do at the Last Supper on Holy Thursday? He set a table and brought his 12 apostles, representing the entire people of God. And the cup was brought out, and Jesus said, this is the cup of my blood, of the new covenant. My cup overflows. We're going to receive the Eucharist tonight, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. That goes all the way back to Psalm 23. The Good Shepherd was preparing the way, even back then, for what we're about to receive tonight. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. The house of the Lord here is, of course, the church, but it's just, again, this entranceway into heaven. So it's a beautiful song that really we can meditate on, and it's often used for funerals, of course. Well, that's the one point I wanted to highlight. The second point is Jesus says in John chapter 10, our today's gospel, that the shepherd calls his sheep by name, he goes ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. How do we know God's voice? How do we discern whether we're hearing God correctly? Let's say we're discerning something very important, or maybe just something that's important to us. Well, 
there are certain things we have to keep in mind. First of all, and this is the beginning point, just to believe that God cares about us as a good shepherd. He cares about the details of our life. So we're never going to hear God's voice unless we come to him and ask, Lord, I need to hear from you and spend that time. In the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, the prophet says, I will stand my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what God will say to me. And then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. So that prophet really wanted to know God's voice. That's the first step for us hearing, is to know that God cares about our details, the minutia of our life. But we have to come and seek his voice. Secondly, be alone with God and wait. Don't be in a hurry. Don't say, well, Lord, I only have 10 minutes, so, you know, speak to me because I've got to go to Tim Hortons or watch my favorite social media. No, we wait, we're before the Lord, we're patient, and we ask the Lord to speak to us in whichever way he will. Don't be in a hurry. And then, of course, read God's word, scripture and tradition. That's one way in which we hear God's voice. And then we have to test the voice. Is what we're hearing really God's voice, or is it the voice of a fallen angel, a demon? A couple of tests. Is it consistent with the word of God, what we're hearing, or what we think we're hearing? God does not contradict himself. Will it make me more like Christ, what I think I'm hearing? Is it consistent with how God has created me in the giftedness? So let's say I have a particular charism, for music or for hospitality. If I'm inclined that way by God, then that's a certain way to know how God is speaking to me and not to think, well, I should join the opera when I'm tone deaf. We need to see how we're created. And then finally, is it convicting the voice or condemning? If it's convicting, that's God. If it's condemning, telling us we're no good, that's not God. And then consolation and desolation. If we're hearing something that makes us peaceful, if there is an inner movement that stirs up feelings of peace and hope and love directing us to God and neighbor, that's from God, that's consolation. Desolation, we're feeling anxious, worried, fearful, not from God. So those are just some of the ways in which we can hear God's voice, which is so important because when we do, then we're being led by the Good Shepherd. We have a conscience as well. There's such a thing in music called sympathetic resonance. Sympathetic resonance is simply this phenomenon, harmonic phenomena, whereby a formerly passive string or vibrating instrument responds to an external vibration to which it has a harmonic likeness. Let me give you an example. If one strikes a tuning fork, its vibrations will cause vibrations in a nearby similarly tuned tuning fork. That's just sort of passive. Or if you have two pianos in the same room and one piano is being played, 
the vibrations from that piano, from the strings, will actually be received by the passive piano that's not being played. Those strings will begin to play that music very softly, but if you listen carefully, the vibrations will come right into the second piano. Now that has to do with our conscience. A well-formed conscience is in harmonic resonance with God. So when God is speaking, and as John Henry Newman says, the conscience is the aboriginal vicar of Christ speaking to us. So when we have a well-formed conscience, we're in that harmonic resonance to the voice of God. The vibrations of God's voice are coming right into the depths of our soul, and we identify with it, and we can pick it up. So that's why it's important to read scripture, tradition, have a well-formed conscience and prayer, and then follow the Good Shepherd who leads us into this very, very rich, fair, and especially eternal life.